0: Hi, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast, where I go in-depth with the most intriguing people in the world of soccer. On today's show, Vicente Lizarazu, a world and European champion for club and country, joins me to talk about his fascinating post-playing career, as well as his thoughts on the big Bayern Munich-Real Madrid Champions League showdown, and what it was like to play with Real Madrid manager Zinedine Zidane even a bad ball a
1: bad pass was a good pass with him because he was making always very good control so you was giving him a bad pass and he was giving you something great from that and then you just have to run and the ball was coming in the correct
0: timing (laughs) (laughs) all that and my thoughts on soccer coming up
1: take one
0: here we go with my three thoughts on soccer first up the U.S. made it official on Monday, announcing in New York City that it was bidding to host World Cup 2026 in a shared arrangement with Mexico and Canada. For now, let's keep it simple. This bid is the heavy favorite to win the right to host that World Cup. Why? In October, the FIFA Council ruled that Europe and Asia could not bid to host 2026 after doing so in 2018 and 22, respectively. That prevents potential rivals China, Australia, which is part of the Asian Confederation, and any European country from competing with the North American bid, leaving South America and Africa. CONCACAF hasn't hosted a Men's World Cup since 1994. That is almost certain to change in 2026, and that is great for soccer in the U.S. Take two next up last week's podcast guest becky Sauerbrunn played a leading role in the new five-year collective bargaining agreement that was announced last week between the u.s women's national team players association and u.s soccer in the end the u.s women's players deserve a ton of credit for a slight but important change in their approach changing their stated goal from equal to equitable compensation with the u.s men's team The U.S. women ended up getting equality in areas like per diem where it was an apples-to-apples comparison to the men. But the women also realized they didn't want the same structure that the men's pay-to-play model has. The women still wanted the security of being paid by U.S. soccer to play for their NWSL teams. Women's club soccer isn't as stable as men's club soccer is, yet. The ability of the U.S. women's team to recognize that and get a win-win deal done was smart. Don't underplay this. It's a huge moment in the history of women's sports. Take three. Finally, this week's interview is with Vicente Lizarazu, a world and European champion for club and country with Bayern Munich in France. I have to admit, there's a special place in my heart for the 1998 France team that won the World Cup at home. The story on that team and game was my first big deadline story for Sports Illustrated magazine, and I went back and reread that story last week. It was mainly about Zinedine Zidane and the amazing back four of France in that tournament. Lillian Churam, Marcel Desailly, Laurent Blanc, and Lisa Razou. All of them are also fascinating people. I ended up hosting an event at New York University a couple years ago with Churam, who has devoted his post-playing career to fighting against racism in sports. And Lisa Razou, as you'll hear, is another tremendously intriguing person in addition to having been a fantastic player. Here's my interview with Vicente Lizarazu. Our guest today is the only player ever to be the champion at the same time of the World Cup, the European Championship, the Confederations Cup, the UEFA Champions League, and the FIFA Club World Cup. Vicente Lizarazu won the 1998 World Cup in Euro 2000 with France. In his 20-year club career, he spent eight seasons with Bayern Munich and won the 2001 Champions League. Bichente Lissarasou, thank you for joining me. Thank you, pleasure. And I did just say your name, but I also know that a lot of hardcore soccer people around the world probably don't know how to say your name correctly. Could we start just by having you say your name?
1: Okay, so with the Basque accent, so my name is Bichente Lissarasou, Bichente Lissarasou. Did I do okay? Yeah.
0: I did okay when I did it? Mm, Nearly, (laughs) not perfect.
1: (laughs) Bichente Lissarasou. Okay.
0: I will try that again. You
1: have to sing when you say that, you know, because the Basque people are good singers. So when you say "Bischentei Sarasu," it looks like you are singing. "Bischentei Sarasu."
0: <laughs> Fantastic! Um, <laughs> lots to talk about here. Welcome to New York. Uh, you are here with Bayern Munich as a Bayern Munich ambassador. Uh, this podcast will come out on the Tuesday after the Bayern Munich. Borussia Dortmund game, but you're here in New York to actually watch this game with fans, correct?
1: Yes, right, exactly.
0: What is this something that's new for you, or do you know totally. what to expect?
1: No, well, new. When I was uh, playing uh, in Bayern, we had meeting, uh, especially during um, December, uh, meeting with fan club. But uh, near Munich, we were going. Uh, about two or three hundred kilometers from Munich to see, to meet the, the fan club. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time I'm doing that um, uh, in America. And uh, so it will be great, funny uh, to do that, you know, here in New York, to see what's going on during the Der Clásica classica, uh, yeah. between ba- Dortmund and, and Bayern. And, uh, well, New York is a beautiful city, so it will be a good experience.
0: Now, I don't know how many times you've been to New York, but... Two times. Two.
1: That's because my son was a student here in New York. Mm -hmm. And so he was here for about nine months. And so Mm -hmm. I came to visit him for one week.
0: Now, it's always said soccer players can come here and they're very famous in Europe and in the rest of the world, but they aren't recognized as much here in New York. Is that true? It's true. But people still recognize you some no no it's true but it's great
1: it's great no it's great to to be nobody
0: <laughs> that's basically what other people have told me too. No, it's great <laughs> you can do
1: what you want nobody's taking picture of you and uh, whatever because you know when you are uh, f- let's say famous a little bit famous um, now is very difficult because everybody is a journalist or paparazzi right with a telephone making a photo making video and so showing whatever you do so it's you have to take care you have to control everything mm-hmm. so when you go somewhere where nobody care about you it's like a freedom you get you know so I'm very happy about that you know let's say that after the World Cup in France when we won the World Cup it was crazy we were going in a restaurants and everybody was stopping talking watching you like Jesus yeah, uh, The girl was crazy, giving you the numbers and whatever, <laughs> and it was possible to do everything. We, pff, we had so much offer, so much things. And now, it's uh, nearly in one year, it will be 20 years that we won the World Cup in France. I prefer, let's say, the, the relationship I've got with the fans. It's more quiet, yeah. more relaxed, more normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, more human let's say (laughs) because before it was too much it was uh, totally crazy so um, when I'm going yes to New York I appreciate uh, the possibility to go in a restaurant and uh, just having a good lunch drinking good wine (laughs) and that's all
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I know some members of that France 98 team have either, either lived in New York maybe still live in New York Thierry Henry still has a place here Djorkaev um, uh, still lives pa- in Patrick the area. Patrick Vieira. Vieira is here. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Are you in touch with any of those guys from that France ninety eighteen?
1: Yes, with uh, Yuri Djorkaev because um, he was uh, working for the same TV uh, yeah. as me in France, Tf1. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I met him often during uh, the last uh, European Championship or during the last World Cup in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Thierry... I saw him the last uh, European Championship in France. Mm-hmm. But now, he's, I think he's uh, living now in, uh, in England, I think. Most of in, the time. In London. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, let's talk a little bit about Bayern Munich, because uh, this is a team, obviously, that's doing very well, uh, leading the Bundesliga. We're recording this ahead of the Champions League quarterfinal that starts next week against Real Madrid, which was an interesting draw, two of the favorites. Um, Bayern does seem to be in control right now in the Bundesliga. It's not over yet. Um, what has been the most interesting thing to you about this season at Bayern?
1: Well, the most important things it's always the last three months. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, a year it's like marathon, we we'll finish like a sprint. So in the marathon, you have to be on shape, not to be too good, not to be too bad. But just arriving in the correct moment, and then the last three months—this is the most important moment. You have to be 100% fit, and because you play everything the last three months, you play the league, uh, the Bundesliga, you play the Champions League, and you know, for such clubs, for for such big clubs, Bayern, Real Madrid, Barcelona, when you lose a match, it's a catastrophe. You know, it's uh, terrible because you you are just able to win title. Uh, when you don't win title, it's a bad season. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, you imagine the quarter final between Real Madrid and Bayern. It will be one loser for sure. So for the loser, it will be a bad season, whatever happen. So um, it's not easy to be one of the top team in in Europe. And the problem of football, uh, in the end, if you are looking Europe or you are you looking the world, it's you have only one winner and the other one they are loser. So, like every time in the Champions League, you will you will have one winner and the other one they are loser. So it's not easy.
0: It's amazing to me when I look at Pep Guardiola's three years at Bayern Munich and the Bundesliga titles that he won, and he, getting to the semifinals of Champions League three straight years, um, but not winning it. No, you know, like Carlo Ancelotti's there now. Um, he has a reputation as a guy who wins the Champions League. It's interesting that he hasn't won that many domestic leagues actually in his career. He's won a few. Um, he's on his way to winning the Bundesliga. What, is there something special about what he has done in Champions League or is there something different about Champions League when it comes to. You know winning?
1: what? When you play in Bayern, of course, you must win the Bundesliga, but it's a it's, it's little bit normal. I don't have to say that because uh, it's not so easy to win every year the Bundesliga because you must every year change your mind find a new motivation uh, because everybody wants to beat you but when you play to Bayern you have to be champion of Germany but you have to do something in the Champions League that's why the generation the people and the fans they have in the brain and the heart is a generation who win the Champions League. For example, uh, in the 70s, the generation will win three times. Uh, Karl-Heinz, Uminig, Franz Beckenbauer, Sepp Mayer, Julio mm-hmm. this kind of player, uh, Paul Breitner. They, they won three times, so they are in the history, in the brain, in the heart of the people. Then it takes quite a long time that we win again the Champions League and it was my generation. Uh, I won six times the Bundesliga, five times the Cup, and one time the Champions League 2001 and the World Cup um, in 2000 also. So we are in the spirit, in the brain, in the heart of the people. And now the new generation of players, they won 2013. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a generation Philipp Lahm, Müller, and they they can win again. I'm sure they can win again. Um, I think uh, Carlo Ancelotti is a fantastic trainer, especially for big teams and mm-hmm. big players, because he's managing the brain uh, very good, he's a very good manager, he's very good psycholo- psychologic trainer. Yeah. And for me, in big club with big player, this is the main point, yeah. the most important. It's not a question of tactic, it's not a question of physical preparation. It's you have the best player, they know what they have to do, you just have to make the things that they feel good. And it's not easy because you have a lot of ego and you have a lot of players who want to play and players who don't play. Yeah, and it's yeah. not easy when you don't play because you're not happy when you don't play. So managing that, it's not something easy, but I think Alao Celoti is making that good. So I imagine he can have a big su- success with Bayern. And like you said, even if you have won the Bundesliga, it's not enough to to stay in the, in the brain of the fans. You must win the Champions League. And um, I think with the quality of this team, uh, the quality of the player, they are able to win the Champions League. The problem, they play against Madrid and it's looked like a final mm-hmm. because Madrid also, they have a fantastic team. Sure. So this quarter final, it was possible to have that in the final. So one team will be out and it's a pity, f- it's a pity for the competition.
0: Looking specifically at the matchup against Real Madrid, what, in your opinion, are the keys for Bayern to be successful against Real Madrid?
1: Oh, the key is always the same. In defence, the team who is making less mistake will make the difference because the offensive potential is strong in both teams. If uh, you have uh, Lewandowski, Robin, Ribéry... You have strong potential. If you have uh, uh, Ronaldo, Gareth Bale, Benzema, you have also strong potential. Then, of course, the tough uh, will be very difficult for the defense, and uh, it will be always the um, the difference with the defense you can make, and also the way you play in the midfield to have the control of the ball. And let's say that, from my point of view. These two teams, they are very near, you know, they they are strong, they have big talents, and so it will be a tough, tough match for both teams. Of course, psychological aspect come on such game, the first match you do, uh, how you react, and... um, It's always, you know, it's funny because in the Champions League, you always have Real Madrid-Bayern now. It's like uh, the classic uh, match of of Champions League, you know. Mm -hmm.
0: One of your old teammates, Zinedine Zidane, is the manager of Real Madrid. Um, I'm curious to know what, I think he's one of the best five players of all time in this sport. What was he like to play with as a teammate?
1: Uh, pff, it was very easy to play with Zinedine Zidane because it, you had just to give him the ball. Even a bad ball, a bad pass was a good pass with him because he was making always very good control. So you was giving him a bad pass, and he was giving you something great from that. And then you just have to run, and the ball was coming in the correct timing. <laughs> Well, because I, have, I was friend with him and I know perfectly his way of playing. He know perfectly my way of playing. So it was so easy to play with him. You know, it was like, okay, what I have to do? I've got the ball. In the middle field, I was not searching another player. I was searching Zizou because I was sure he will not lose the ball. So I was searching Zizou and then I was running on my side and I was not waiting, looking at him. I knew that's, it was a good moment, he will give me the ball on the perfect timing. So it was a big pleasure to play with him. Very, And I play with him in Bordeaux and of course with the national team. Yeah. When and he was a player also, uh, most of the big stars, sometimes they make things for them. They make uh, a dribbling for them or, or they want to score to make the goal. But he was more thinking about uh, the team, about, for example, if it was better to make the pass for, um, for the way of playing, he was giving the pass and not thinking for himself. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. If, for example, I was making the run, he wanted to give me the ball because I have made the run. Mm-hmm. Imagine if I make the run and nobody give me the ball. Last time, I don't make the run. Right. So it's very important that you give the ball to the guy who makes the run if you want to have a good circulation of the ball. Right. If not, everything is blocked.
0: Okay. When you were playing with Zidane, did you think he would become a manager?
1: When I was playing with him, not really. Yeah. Because um, he was not talking a lot, yeah. a little bit shy. And he was not really, um, for example... Uh, Didier Deschamps was uh, talking like a trainer when he was player. Zizou was not talking like a trainer when he was player. Mm-hmm. But Zizou is a um, really very special guy. When he wants something, he's able to do everything to get it. Uh, when he was football player, nobody know that, but uh, of course he was so big talent, but he was training crazy. He was um, physically training very strong. He was Training his technique, he was very focused on his job. He was mm-hmm. very serious. Mm-hmm. And so when he decided to be trainer, he accepted the job of trainer, so which is to talk with the player, mm-hmm. to have a good relationship with the player, and to talk with the media. Have mm-hmm. you seen Zizou in the media? He does a when, lot he of was, press when he was football player, he was not talking, he was shy. And now it look like it's, it's something normal, natural. Yeah. He's, he's another man. <laughs> It's another man. And, and um, you know, he, he learned the job of trainer step by step also. So yeah. this is his, his, go, his big quality. Partly with Ancelotti. Yeah. He learned with Ancelotti. But first of all, he was with the young team of Real Madrid. Then he was second assistant of Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. And, and when he was ready, he said, OK, let's go. And then he's in Zidane. So he have the respect of the player. And I rem- will remember all the time the final uh, last year. Uh, against Atletico Madrid, do you remember the penalty session mm-hmm. and the talk with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo? You mm-hmm. you saw that yeah. and the smile between them. So this is something you can you can explain if you you are involved. Mm-hmm. So the smile of Zinedine Zidane with ronaldo is a smile of people who who know what is pressure, mm-hmm. who, are, who who don't have any stress with pressure and this smile of Zizou give confidence to the team Mm -hmm. and the smile of Cristiano Ronaldo give confidence to the team too so I think um, when you have such career you can use that Mm -hmm. being relaxed in the top match because the quality of the big player and the big team you don't lose the final because you are relaxed. You are used mm-hmm. to play the final, and you are used to play the biggest moment where the pressure is amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, um, I saw him like fish, you know, in 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 the water, relax, cool. Yeah. And uh, to tell you the truth, uh, he he changed a lot his way of doing the things, but. He was ready to do that, you know. When he was a football player, it was not necessary because he had just to play. He don't have to to, to talk. He he was just playing and it was amazing and it was a good. But after when you want to be a trainer, it's not enough to play. (laughs) You must speak, you you must explain, you must organize because you are the trainer. You have to explain to the player, you have to explain outside. And so um, it's amazing the, the... Revolution maybe in his in his way of being.
0: Yeah, I I find it interesting. A lot of really top players, when they become coaches, want to be a coach of a big team immediately. Patrick Vieira did not. Patrick Vieira did what Zidane did. He coached young players away from the cameras at Man City, and now he's an MLS. He's not like going to the top European clubs. Do you think that's maybe something more players... I know you're not a coach. I'll ask you about what you've been up to because it sounds very interesting to me. Um, Do you think that's a key, though, for players who want to become coaches, even big-name players?
1: No, because I think there are no rules. It's possible to train directly big teams and to make it good. Franz Beckenmauer make that and make it good. True. So
0: Depends on the case.
1: Yeah, Pep Guardiola. Okay, he started a little bit with the young, but very quick. He was with the big team of Barcelona. So um, no, I think it's a question of feeling. It's first of all, you want to do that because when you do that, this kind of of job, you must do that 200%. It's it's uh, you have to sleep trainer, Mm. you know, you, you leave trainer, but you sleep trainer. And um, Zizou is, he decided to make it. Maybe with more time, mm-hmm. starting with the young team, taking his time, and when he was ready, okay, take the. But you know, Real Madrid—it's um, uh, maybe the hardest job of trainer in the world because you have a pressure incredible from the press and from from the fans. But he know perfectly this club. He was player, mm-hmm. then he was trainer of the young team, then he was. Uh, advisor of the president he made a lot of job there so when he arrived first trainer of the first team he know perfectly all around yeah and so it's better to manage when you know all around you know yeah
0: makes sense yeah um i do want to ask you about what you have been up to because it a lot of it has very little to do with football uh i I see that you got into brazilian (laughs) jiu-jitsu Tell yeah. me this. Tell me the story. I'm sort of fascinated. Like you've been in competitions and have won them. Well, so my 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 job
1: uh, in France is working for the media. Yeah. So commentator mm-hmm. for TF1 and uh, especially the national team. So the World Cup and European Championship. I've, I've got my uh, my my radio show too. Yeah. And also I'm writing for the newspaper L'Equipe, which mm-hmm. is uh, you know the yeah. most important newspaper in France. But i 'm still crazy with sports, yeah, I stop football, but i 'm totally crazy with sports it's uh, for me it 's a uh, passion it 's drug it 's uh, everything it's give me i don 't know I feel great doing sports so i 'm trying a lot of sports okay, <laughs> and so one day when I stopped football, I wanted to do sports for my power because you have sports for your heart Mm -hmm. for your physical condition uh, and then your sports for your muscle and -hmm. your power. And so I train one time with uh, a master of Jiu-Jitsu, black belt of Jiu-Jitsu. The name is Yannick Bevan. And I make the first training. It was like, wow, what's that? It's great, you know? Yeah. And now it's 11 years I'm doing that and I, I am black belt of these
0: sports. Nice.
1: And, um, well, I love that, but I'm not only doing that. I'm doing a lot of skiing in the, during the, the winter, a mm-hmm. lot of surfing, of, of course, a lot of diving. Huh. I'm making documentary of that really? uh, because football is my, my, of course, my life, but sports also was always my education. Okay. So I was lucky when I was young to try a lot of sports uh-huh. and today I can have pleasure doing a lot of sports. Yeah. So that's why I'm doing that.
0: Is there an element it seems like these are maybe different these are not team sports these are individual sports you played in a team sport for your your playing career is there something you like about doing something individually as opposed to a team sport
1: Yes when you do individual sports you are your own trainer Yeah so I was very young in fact I was my own trainer Mhm I was really tra- trained of myself because um, I was interesting about physical training, technical training, tactical training. I have made studies regarding anatomy, physiology, psychology. Mm. And so I was very interested in how I can improve. So when I was uh, in football, mm-hmm. sometimes I had frustration because I was really um, able to to say, I would like to make this training more, for example. And the trainer, some trainer, not all, um, they had their own way of thinking, right. and it was not possible to do that. Okay. So sometimes I had frustration of that. Um, and I still believe you can make more individual training, specific training, yeah. uh, into the collective training. Because for example, you will not train the same, the offensive player and the defensive player. Uh, you will not train the same old player, young player. You must make different exercise if you want to improve this player, if he had an injury or not. Right. If he's weak in this aspect or not. But in football, in my time, we were making all the same exercise.
0: For everybody at the same For time. For everybody. kind of crazy when you think so, about it. To tell you the
1: truth, I was... At this time, my way of thinking was uh, totally new, yeah. and I see that now today you have more individual training right. regarding uh, the quality of the player, the physical of the player, and um, that's why that's why um, what I like in in. In, in, uh, and also, I like to mix the sports. I think mm-hmm. you can learn a lot. For example, Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. If I, I had this experience of Jiu Jitsu being defensive player, mm-hmm. I'm sure I will be better. Yeah. Because you can use the energy of your opponent uh-huh. and you can be better re- regarding the one against one.
0: You're pretty good without it, though.
1: I was quite good but I can tell you you today been a better one. I can show to a defensive player how to be better yeah. in such situation, not to go in front but sometimes up to in. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can you, you can use other sports martial arts uh, when you have uh, the one against one right and for example in rugby mm-hmm. I'm interested about rugby uh, they are using train of, uh, of um, jiu-jitsu or judo um hmm. how do you say that Lute Lute, i do you say that Lute? Um, i should
0: know wrestling word. ah okay
1: they are using train of wrestling in in, in rugby
0: yeah. interesting i i mean you can use a lot of things
1: uh, i'm doing cycling also oh, yeah? and cycling you learn a lot about uh how to use your energy how yeah. to control your energy when you are cycling, like four hours or five hours, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm learning a lot uh, in other sports. And uh, the problem, we stay in, in our sports, we think we know everything. Yeah. You know, in football, we know everything, but you can learn a lot in uh, martial arts, you can learn a lot mm-hmm. in cycling, and you have to take from every sport yeah. to be better.
0: Do you not have any interest in coaching in football?
1: No, for one reason. It's my freedom, really. Yeah, because uh, I have made football like crazy, like two hundred percent player, and I stop. I play really long time. I stopped thirty six and half. <laughs> it's always important half. <laughs> and after that, I said I want to have a good mix because I was really focused just football, football. Yeah, and I want. And I wanted to have a, a good mix be- between. Uh, Football and life. Mm-hmm. And when you are a trainer, you go back to the same as football player. So I decide to go to the media. Hmm. So let's say that's 60, 70% of my life is the media and I've got 30% freedom. I can do my crazy things in sports. I can train, I can travel, I can go surfing in Tahiti, I can dive in Tahiti, I can go skiing in Canada, I can go making jiu-jitsu in Brazil. So my life is quite good.
0: I think, I think we <laughs> should give you like a reality TV show just following Maybe, you around wherever yeah. you go. I mean, what's the, what is the, some sort of adventure sport that you have not tried that you would like to try?
1: Oh, i have tried so much um sailing yeah. sailing and to make a big um, big cross i don't know tr- crossing the atlantic or yeah. whatever or doing the all the world
0: wow very cool
1: because That's- you know i have tried okay martial arts um skiing a lot but i want to to go in different place you know I would like to go in Alaska or, or in Kamchatka in Russia uh, for surfing there is so many spots to, to, to do uh, diving I have dived with 200 sharks around me nice. and I would like to to go diving with I don't know white sharks one day yeah. you know to see that <laughs> because you have emotion when you look animal in front of you
0: right nah, that's amazing very cool. I mean like I think it sounds like a lot of top players when they're done playing sometimes if they don't go into managing have a hard time with what comes next and what do I do with my life? And it seems like you're making the most of your opportunities.
1: <laughs> well, I'm yes, it's true what you say is but I never had this moment, never. The only the only moment it was a little bit difficult it, when somebody give me uh, I don't know a, a DVD or, of of what you have done a, a video of for example the final world champion 98 I don't like to see that really? because yeah it's you know it's looking to the time in my past with yeah. finish yeah so but if I'm looking uh, in front of me no it's just 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 great yeah. uh, funny new experience and um, I'm very lucky about um, this life and I enjoy a lot I enjoy a lot and it's what I want to do I I want to enjoy to try different things I love football but I need other things around football too and uh, I don't want to finish my life saying okay my life was just football it was very important but I think it's also important to open your mind regarding nature sea mountains other pleasure Um, and I continue to speak about football I continue I've got a very good uh, position in the media in France Mm -hmm. Um, and um, I'm very happy about that
0: yeah it is almost the 20th anniversary of that World Cup. And I, I don't want to look back too much because you don't like to look I back. I will too try. Much. <laughs> but I remember a big part of that tournament culturally in France was that here is a team that is made up of a lot of different ethnicities. You have a Basque background, um, uh, you have players uh, with. French Algerian descent French African descent all kinds like uh, wasn't of French Armenian I think yes right um, and does that resonate does that still is that still looked at as something important for the French culture that a group of very sort of different backgrounds achieved that thing or is it less of a story now
1: for us we were just a team yeah so it was more for the political people or really? the, the specialist of I don't know whatever we were making you know um, theories about uh, uh, what we represent but we were huh. just a team yeah. we were just friends and we were just talking the same language yeah. that's all and so where we were coming from it was not our discussion we were just proud to play for the f- for France and we were very happy to play together. But, you know, when you win, everybody wants to use that. Everybody right. wants to explain that, okay, uh, they said black-blonde beurre. it's like right. uh, black-white and... I don't know what to say that. Brown, maybe? <laughs> <I don't laughs> Brown. that. Yeah. But, you know, it was not coming from us. We were just friends. And uh, I think this generation, of course, it was generation with big talents but I think it was a clever generation and we were the first player going um, in other country playing football yeah. because we, it was the start of the, the, um, of going outside France to play football to play in the best club mm-hmm. and so in France you have a lot of players I was playing in Bayern Munich but uh, Deschamps was playing in Juventus uh, Marcel Desailles was playing in Milan uh, Zinedine Zidane in Juventus and I think this Experience in this big club, you have a special culture in this big club because they they were winning, a lot of things, and you have the culture of winning. And so we took this culture and we we come back with the national team with the, this self confidence. And I think altogether um, we 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 were stronger because we had this experience in this big club. Mm-hmm. And so we, we use that with the French national team. Mm-hmm. I think this is, this is one of the point important in, for our generations that we went, uh, in another country, in all the big club in Europe. And that we learn what is it, um, discipline, what is it to win all the time. Mm-hmm. And then we had a, a strong motivation for the French national team.
0: Um, when it comes to Bayern Munich as you mentioned, this is going to be decided in the next couple of months here uh, about what, how we're going to view this season. Is this the year for Bayern to win the Champions League again? Yes.
1: Yes, this is the year, but I have to tell you one story. 2001. 2001 with Bayern. Yeah. We have won all. Bundesliga, Champions League, and uh, World Cup. But you don't have to forget that we won the title in Bundesliga. It was like 4 days before uh, the Champions League. We were fighting with uh, Schalke and we were playing in the Ambo. I we were playing Ambo, I think. Mm-hmm. And we make a goal in the last minutes and we were champ- champion in the last minutes in Bundesliga. And so this win give us the self-confidence to go four days after to play the final of the Champions League. Mm -hmm. And so just to tell you that you play everything in the last minutes or you play everything in the last three months, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you play everything in the last minutes. Mm -hmm. And so these last minutes, you don't have to lose. And uh, what I want to say is now the season of Bayern is okay. It was not amazing, but it's okay. Because I think uh, now the better Bayern is coming. The team is improving. And now till April to the end of the season, they will play everything. And match against Real Madrid, it's just too much and you play your season. <laughs> you, you are fighting. You I don't know, you play 50 match in the season or 60 yeah. match. And then in two match, you play your season. Because Real Madrid, Barcelona, the, uh, Real Madrid, or Bayern, if one team is out from the competition and you're out in the quarterfinal, it will be bad, you know? So, so this is great and terrible in the same time. But I think um, they have a strong potential, they have strong player. Um, but they play against Real Madrid with strong player, strong potential too. It's impossible to know. I just expect that Boateng and Hummels, they will play together. Because they, mm. they, they, I think Bayern need yeah. these two players. To be strong, really strong mm-hmm. with uh, Philippe Lam and Alaba, Neuer, goalkeeper. But because I say that because uh, Boateng was injured and Wumels right. was injured and they were not playing together, but they need this relation to really be strong in defense. Yeah. After that, the, the potential in the middle field and the offensive they, they have.
0: Yeah. So to finish up here, I've got. Uh, what I call the rapid-fire quiz, which I give to some of the great players of the game about your career. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. uh, Interested in your answers. First off, what did you achieve in football that you are the most proud of and why?
1: Uh, It's, of course, the World Cup. The World Cup with the French national team and the Champions League 2001 with Bayern. Because this is the top trophy you can win. There is nothing
0: bigger than that. Who was the player you most admired in your career and why? Zizou, Zinedine Zidane.
1: Because, um, like I said, he was amazing ability, technical ability. And he was so incredible playing for the team. For him, it was more important to give a good pass than to make a goal. And I had so much pleasure playing with him.
0: Who was the best player you ever played against
1: and why? So let's say against, like, defensive player. Of course, must be a player with a good dribbling. And uh, I remember with uh, Luis Figo, we had fantastic fight. <laughs> in Barcelona, when he was in Barcelona, and when he was also in uh, Madrid. And uh, because he was playing on the right side, and I was playing on the left. And he's really a player who want to play once against one. So, you know... This is a moment where
0: it's one against one. (laughs) You did not score a lot of goals in your career, but do you have a favorite goal that you scored and why? I I made a fantastic
1: goal uh, with Bayern Munich. I think it was against Duisburg. Uh, I can't tell you which year, but it was... um, How do you say that? Reprise de volley. I don't know in English how to say that, how to explain.
0: Like a volley? A volley,
1: yes, yeah. it was a volley. It was like a, um, a very long pass from Stefan Effenberg. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, I, I tried to do that, but he was there, I was like here, yeah, and the ball go just here. Nice. It was like the best goal I, I, I have
0: uh, made. In the internet version of this interview, we'll find the video.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm doing the things <laughs> like a video, but uh, it was difficult to explain in English. In French, it was more more easy. but uh, uh, Best manager you ever had, and why? Two. I have to say two managers, not one. Okay. So I have to say Emé Jacquet, because, um, you know, he gave uh, me confidence in a moment difficult for me when I was injured I had an injury bad injury the name in French it's pubalgie and so he told me like uh, one year before the World Cup uh, even six months before the World Cup you have to make uh, the good training you have to see the good doctor if you are fit 100% fit you will be my left back so it gives me a lot of Motivation <laughs> to, to come back and to play the World Cup. Okay. And also with Bayern Munich, Otmar Eitzfeld is mm-hmm. like, uh, he was also amazing. And both trainer, they are very human trainer. Mm. You know, like I said uh, with Ancelotti, you need uh, good psychology. And uh, Otmar Eitzfeld and Jacquet, they are very good psychology okay. trainers.
0: Best teammate you ever had and why?
1: the teammates with Bayern when we won 2001 mm-hmm. and the teammates with uh, national team where we won the World Cup 98 um i prefer the World Cup 98 than the European Championship 2000 everybody was saying we were playing better 2000 but from my point of view the mentality of uh, 98 uh, we were uh, we were warriors and i love this mentality we, we didn't have uh, so much talent as 2000, but we were so strong in defense. It was amazing. And with Bayern 2001, it also that, you know, we had a, so difficult to play. <laughs>
0: um, lastly, what is the best advice you ever received from anyone and why?
1: You are not able to do that <laughs> because the trainer told me that I was 15 years old. He told me, uh you will not be football professional of football. You wow. you you don't have the quality for that, you are not strong enough. And so this gives me a power to show that it was wrong. And then another advice, but it was a positive advice. Um, a trainer told me uh calm and storm. So it means when you are uh, playing on my position so you need to be cool, control, and then when you decide to go in the offense, you go like a storm. Mm-hmm. You know, not doing everything like a storm. If right. you want to make a surprise, you have to stay calm. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who are calm and one day they look like uh, crazy—they yeah. <laughs> are the most dangerous guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Vjente Lisarazu, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Planet Football Podcast. I'd like to thank Vicente Lizarazu, as well as everyone at Digital Media and Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, there are other great new and archived episodes you can check out, including my recent interviews with Becky Sauerbrunn, Paolo Maldini, Tim Howard, and Jimmy Conrad. Please, if you like the pod, tell your friends, subscribe, and review it on iTunes. It really does help the cause if you do. See you next time.